Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy port beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day uh, celebrates the people who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. You know, I get a question often. People want to know. They'll send me a private note and say, what do I hope Coast View accomplishes? Um, I think that's a really good question. But if I think about the role that Coast View can play in the community, I often think of this quote by Mother Teresa when she said this, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. You know, that's when I talk about the thousand points of light in coastal Mississippi, I think we all have our roles to play. Everyone, every single light has a role to play to make our community a better place. And I hope that Coast View is just another stone in the water that creates a ripple. I'm inspired every single day. I hope you are too by the incredible guests that we have. Um, They have unbelievable stories to tell and they have a lot to teach us. You know, I, I believe that the more you learn, the more you better learn how much you don't know that life's a journey of discovery and this opportunity I have to talk to these incredible people I'm learning something new every day. I'm I'm gaining an appreciation for the thousand points of light that exist all across coastal Mississippi, and uh, you know the the better we understand uh, the people who are you know leading in the community, the more we appreciate um, what they describe is so special about coastal Mississippi. So um, I'm glad that coast that Coastview is playing a role to enlighten us. And we're casting the stone that can create some more ripples. Uh, and I hope that our guests and uh, and for, certainly our guests and the people who listen to our guests get a better understanding of what this quote from Margaret Wheatley refers to, and that is this. There is no power for change greater than a community discovering what it cares about. Uh, we're gifted in coastal Mississippi to have a lot of inc- enduring uh, companies along the coast. And uh, they've, they've all stood the test of time. They're all super committed, and they understand that there is literally a powerful connection between business success and giving back to the community. Every one of those companies meets, uh, that meets that description is led by a strong, selfless, community-focused leader. Um, every one of those leaders have a lot to teach us. Uh, these incredible corporate and community leaders understand fully. I mean, they understand it deep in their soul. What Herman Melville, you know, the great American novelist that wrote Moby Dick, he said this, we cannot live, a, we cannot live only for ourselves. A, th- a thousand fibers connect us with our fellow men. One of the best leaders that I've had the opportunity to work with in the, in the trenches is John Harrison, the CEO of Hancock Whitney. Um, he's among the best of the best. And uh, we have the, the pleasure of having him on Coast View today for the full show. So, John, first of all, let me just say good morning. Yeah, good morning. And thank you for the, the, the kind introduction. Great to see you. And, and Kyle, good to see you, too. Yeah, Cal said on a muted mic said, "Thank you." <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah. Uh, listen, um, 
Margaret Wheatley, you heard that comment. There is no power for change greater than a community discovering what it cares about. You get that deep in your soul, don't you? Well, look, it, it, uh, I think we talked about uh, in the past on several occasions, uh, the price of leadership is uh, it means you're committed to a lifetime of service. And uh, there's so many uh, efforts we can apply shoulder to the load. You have to pick the ones that you think you can make the difference in. And I mean, you mentioned the, the, the ripple making business. Uh, the show that you do is in the ripple making business. And so uh, I appreciate you deploying the talents that you and Kyle and your team there have to bring up topics of interest that, uh, that I think are beneficial to not just the coast, but really the whole region. Yeah, John, I've had a series of incredible conversations re recently, um, and and uh, one that really comes to mind, someone you know really well, is uh, the story of the Pertusi family and FEB distributing and Frankie, you know, passing his baton to his sons, Jeff and Ryland. I had all three of, them, three of them on the show simultaneously. I know he serves on your board. You've been longtime friends long before that, and he's a longtime friend of mine as well. But it's interesting to see, this is a fourth generation uh, family business that's not only standing the test of time and they're proving that these enduring core values they built into their company are truly enduring and that they're able to sort of innovate and find new ways to do business. And, and, and he, Frankie's done a great job of sort of turning the reins over to his sons. But it's interesting in every story like that, the story of FEB or any number of other stories that I tell, the story of Hancock Whitney and the incredible you know, history that it, it brings to the table that you and I have discussed again. In every one of those stories, there is an incredible awareness that you must, maybe it's must is the wrong word. Maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a gift or a requirement or just an obligation that comes out of having success in your business. And that is giving back to the community. I mean, it's just built into the DNA of these companies in coastal Mississippi. You see it all the time, don't you? We do. And, uh, you know, one of the, not one of, probably the best benefit of, of being in the banking business is by definition, uh, the work that we do is to help people realize their financial goals and their dreams. And so, you know, we're in the dream fulfillment business and we get to see smaller companies, hire people, grow, add their add more buildings, add offices. And, uh, and over the course of time, uh, that builds a community. It builds its employment. It builds its economic horsepower. It adds population. That adds representation in Congress. And so it all starts really with the small business you know, getting bigger over time. So yeah. you mentioned the Bertusis. They really are terrific people. And I, my age is in between, you know, the the the, the Frank we all call Frankie, you know, uh, and uh, and I can remember when he and his brother were the Bertusi boys. And now the Bertusi boys are the next generation. And so it's uh, it's it's really heartening to see that transition occurring. And uh, now Frank would be the first to say that uh, the younger the Bertucci boys, the smarter they get. So uh, <laughs> he's a very selfless individual, but, but they have done terrific and they've been wonderful members of the community. And you rarely see an event that doesn't have their single hanging on it because they always have been very, very uh, uh, committed to giving back. Hey, listen, in the second segment of the show today, I want to get into what's the latest in the Hancock Whitney world. I had an opportunity to read your second quarter 
you know, uh, meeting with the analysts, and and you know, it's really amazing how your your business has adjusted and it's doing well. Uh, I should point out, Hancock Whitney is my bank, has been my entire life, was for my parents as well, and. Uh, you know, if it weren't for Hancock Whitney, I may not have had the opportunity to retire early. You know, that's the way I say it. Janet Baker and that team have done a great job of taking care of the Matthews family. But I want to we'll talk about that. It's about time you borrow some money, Ricky. It's time for a new uh, boat. No, no, no. So then in the, in the in the third segment, I want to talk about the coast economy, how things are going on the coast. And then the last, we'll just kind of do cleanup in the last segment. But for the rest of this segment, I want to just real quickly, John, something I quoted you on many times, sort of the advice to young people or maybe even not so young people who have not been involved in the community before. You just, you've made the incredible statement that you got to do your reps. You got to find what you want to be involved in and go do it and then go find another organization and go do it. And then you'll work your way up. You got to flex those muscles, but you just don't get started as the president of the Gulf Coast Business Council. Remind people that wonderful lesson that you shared. There's a, there's a few of those lessons that are at least first cousins, if not siblings. And, uh, uh, you know, the success of a community is tied to the awareness of the community and you can't get aware if you're not involved. And, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, there was an old adage that evil abounds where good people are. Uh, they don't used to say good men. Now we say good people do nothing. Um, and it's true. And so the more you know what really is going on, wh wh where are the uh, the uh, uh, er uh, areas of progress we're making that we should be proud of and areas of progress we should be but aren't making that need attention and, and calling out each other when we need to where we can and should do better. And that only happens with awareness. And so I think the lesson for, for the, uh, you know, the 40-something the crowd, they're going to be running the place here in 10 years, right? So if you're 40, mid-40s or below, and you've never attended um, a, a political, I, mean, I, don't, I don't mean somebody running for office, I mean a city council meeting, a, a board of supervisors meeting, um, the updates with the mayor, I mean, engage public officials and pick the issue that you think is the one that we should either be celebrating or are getting much better at in a short period of time and talk about it and share your expectations and then laud people when they do well. And uh, that just that applies to the business community as well. There, you know, some of the, the biggest difference I think Hancock Whitney has made in the past five or six years during what's been a tumultuous time are things we invested time and people into that I didn't know was an issue five years ago. And the reason I found out was because our team was involved in areas and they came back and said, hey, we're not doing our job here. We can do better. And so uh, uh, so we've begun to do that. Now, a lot of that's been, that's been housing. It's been access to legal services for people that can't afford to defend themselves. There's been a lot more of that type of work going on. Well, look, when we come back, we'll kind of close out the conversation about community and the importance of being involved in the community. We'll shift gears and sort of get the latest on what's happening at Hancock Whitney. And I'll, I'll close out this part of the, of the conversation by re restating what Mother Teresa said. I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. We'll see you after this break with John Hairston. View 
on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have the honor of having my dear friend John Harrison, the CEO of Hancock Whitney, with us today. Hey, before we sort of close out the, the conversation about the community, one of the things that came to mind while you were talking, because you always you're always quick to point this out, that it's important for people to go to the city council meeting or go to a board of supervisors meeting. One of the comments I made to a guest, I don't remember who it was in the last week or two, was I, I, I used to always say at the Sun-Herald that, and, and you, you'll know exactly what I'm saying, when an elected official gets elected and they view going into that job as a promotion in life, that's not a good thing. <laughs> that what we really want are, are leaders that really can't do it, but they go in, they're going to go ahead and do it. Like George Slogan, for example, a great example that, that they, they're going to give back to the community. And, you know, look across, let's look, look at mayors, the mayor of Pascoe Jan, Billy Hughes, Fofo Gillich, Kenny Holloway, the new mayor of Pascagoula. All these guys were successful in their businesses in their own right and chose to come back to the community to give back. There's not enough money to pay them for what they're doing relative to where they came from. I wish more people would step up in that way. Don't you john i do but i'll tell you it's a tough assignment i mean any, yeah, any elected yeah. leader uh means their elected servants too and and uh you don't seem to get as many accolades as you deserve and you always get more criticisms than you deserve so it's a tough assignment but uh but it's a very responsible assignment and so as a community the more feedback and i mean constructive feedback that we give elected uh, uh citizens neighbors i think the better they can perform and the more we can celebrate those victories. Yeah, we all talk about this, but in the day of social media, everyone's sort of empowered with a voice. It, it, it being a being a public official is not an enviable position. It is not. It's very, very difficult. We all know that. Hey, let's shift gears for a second. Before sure. we get into it, Hancock Whitney and what's the latest there, I, I'd like to kind of talk about you for a second. You know, we came out of the pandemic. You, you've provided leadership all through the pandemic, both inside your company and outside of the community, but you're back on the road again. What, what's your thoughts about sort of where we are as it relates to Delta these days. In, in the region or the coast, where would you apply? I, I would say as, as it relates to your the, the world that you're in, so it could be okay. the region, sure. Well, you know, the uh, uh, now it's not our first rodeo, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we learned an awful lot. We, we uh, I think we all in the community, in the government, in the private sector, and just as families, uh, we, we learned good lessons and tough lessons last year. So, uh, so now, you know, here we go again. Uh, the difference this time is we, ha we have weapons to defend ourselves in the form of vaccines that, you know, are, are absolutely effective in terms of preventing infection most of the time, about 75 to 80 percent of the time. And they definitely are preventing uh, tough symptoms, although people, you know, occasionally still die from it, even though they've been fully vaccinated. But the numbers are compelling that the vaccines do their job. We didn't have that a year ago. So the only weapon we had a year ago was shut everything down. And the government, the federal government, had an opportunity by raising money that eventually we have to pay back in the form of taxes to kind of bail out the country, so to speak, bail out the shutdown. Well, that's not available to us again. 
So as we learn to coexist with whatever variants of COVID-19 come in the future, it will require us to learn to coexist. And that means we're going to be open. The world is going to continue to turn. The sun's going to come up in the east and set in the west like it did before COVID-19 existed. Um, uh, and, and learning how to power through that's going to be important. And I think as people get more comfortable with the vaccines and the booster program gets legs under it, then, uh, then this becomes a nuisance versus a threat. Um, and so that, I think that's where we are right now is we're in the second round. Yeah. Hey, John, when you, um, again, coming back to your earnings call, this is something that you said, and it kind of sets the stage for you telling us how things are going. But you said at this point, we're moving forward with renewed energy, focus, and a solid capital position. We've had a good start to 2021, but are keenly focused on navigating the remaining pandemic uncertainty with, with simultaneously dedicated to improve performance and value. Um, you've, you, the business is doing pretty darn good in, in, in the throes of the pandemic, isn't it? It really has. You know, last year was, was slow as expected. The, uh, the, the, the congressional program that we refer to as PPP was probably the most successful on the, the, the bailout family, if I can call it that, of things that have happened the last hundred years or so. Um, but it worked and it put, I mean, just our own company put, you know, with partnership from the federal government, the taxpayer put three and a half billion dollars of money in the pockets of the community. I mean, ultimately, those businesses are all neighbors. Right. And so um, and, and it carried the day. And I think we would be in a much worse economic position had it not been for PPP. And so so where we are today, uh, I, I think, is now without anything coming to help. We're just sort of back to normal. But our, our first half of the year is the best first half we've ever had ever and we're yeah. you know we're, we're about to narrow down on 120th anniversary 125th anniversary here um in uh in just uh, uh four more years and so as a result um we feel pretty bright we're investing a lot we're hiring people uh we've hired 100 people in the last two weeks um and unfortunately lost 100 people to quarantine because of the the dang COVID infection uh well over 80 percent of those uh, that we've had infected were unvaccinated folks. So, um, I mean, that's the story throughout every industry and, and certainly what the healthcare folks are dealing with is the malady of, of uh, convincing people that, it, that it's really a good good call to at least talk to your physician about getting a vaccine. And, and do Dr. TikTok and Dr. Google are not a reliable source of medical information. Uh, <laughs> you need to talk to your doctor and go on the CDC. If you don't trust the CDC, trust your doctor. If you trust him to treat you when you've got a got a, uh, a favor, then trust him to give you good counsel about whether you're a candidate and a good candidate for the vaccine. Yeah, there, there, there's no doubt about that. So if you think, you know, the kind of conversations you're having with your team today, what are some of the highlights to what's happening around the Hancock Whitney world these days? Yeah, the, well, the good news is, uh, uh, you know, last year, I think hunkered down, which I know is a, is a, a perennial Southern phrase, but we were all hunkered down, you know, weathering through the storm. Um, as businesses, and that that's representative inside the bank. This year, it's very different. Um, what was positive sentiment at the end of last year has turned into action. So people are are buying. They are. Uh, I mean, the supply chain issues are the only thing at this point uh, holding back the economy. Number two, being workforce. I think this month that will flip from supply chain is is no longer top and the availability of workforce 
is the top issue that businesses face, and we're having the same issue. We we have never had as more open positions in this company as we have today. Never, as yeah. we have right now. And John, so it, com- it comes. John, it comes up every single day with every single guest, either on the air or off the air, that the challenge of getting people is is, uh, is significant. And the other thing is, I, I shared a study recently that said 40% of, of, of those who are employed today during the pandemic had an opportunity to kind of think about what they wanted to do with their life. And they're considering moving. So you have you have the, sort of the unnatural situation of correcting this unemployment situation. And then on top of that, you got people who feel a little bit more mobile than they felt before. When you add it all up, it's a big challenge for just about every kind of business, no matter what kind of people you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, we and you're right. We hear it. We hear it as the chief obstacle from our own clients that are in the in the business side, um, and it will normalize. But um, yeah, I know it's popular among you know we business people to to uh, blame the uh, the stimulus payments, the extended unemployment benefits, as as the cause, and it is a cause, but it's not the only cause. And you know, schools getting back to in-person classes is an enormously beneficial advent for the workforce being available, particularly when you get into single moms that that don't have family to cover the kids and the daycares are expensive. And so as a result, getting school back um, is an enormous help. Um, the, uh, the other item is just people getting past their fears of, uh, of catching the illness and, and transmitting that maybe to people that, that they love, that they that have a higher exposure or maybe higher risk. So the combination of school, uh, vaccines, and practice of just living with COVID, uh, I think is the secret recipe to getting the economy moving at the more, at a continued expansion level that's, that's really great for everybody. Well, we'll get into some of the specifics of the coast economy in just a second. But coming back to Hancock Whitney, one of the things you and I have talked about is that the the pandemic sort of sped up trends that were in place before the pandemic. Right. And w- one of those, for example, was was online banking. That that will that will continue to skyrocket, won't it? Yeah, I think we uh, you know internally we think it made up about four years worth of migration in uh, nine months. So. Uh, you know, we recently announced uh, the consolidation of a number of our of our of our we call them financial centers, but historically they've been called branches. Um, you know, which is not necessarily fun to do, but essentially what happened during the pandemic, we've been migrating about five percent of transactions that historically happened in financial centers to digital. You know, when you say internet banking, you know, there's computer, you know, internet banking, and then there's digital on your smart device. Um, in the pandemic year, 20% more migrated, 20%, five years, four to five years worth of transactions migrated. So the, the consolidation of facilities that we're doing wasn't because we were trying to save money. It was because the demands changed. It also means when you deploy a lot of money in digital enhancements as time goes by. So essentially it was a swing of resource from uh, one channel, you know, physical to another. So it's worked out well. well. This is John Harrison, CEO of Hancock Whitney. When we come back, we'll complete sort of the conversation around Hancock Whitney, and then we'll shift the gear to what's happening in coastal Mississippi. What what could we expect going forward, et cetera? We'll see you after this break. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews, brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have John Hairston, the CEO of Hancock Whitney, one of the smartest guys I know, one of the most committed guys I know. I don't know how he does what he does, to be honest with you, because his ability to compartmentalize is the best of anybody I have ever seen. He just calls up a file in his head and he can go as deep as you want to go. I think that's that engineer's mind in you, John, that that is able to do that. But John, let's talk about a few more hot topics real quick before we go on to the coast economy, et cetera. What's your thoughts about the interest environment that we're in today? Uh, like interest rates? Yes. It's it's very unique. Um, and I'll try not to get too, 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 too bankish on you, but the... Uh, the, the interest rate environment we have right now is, is unique, not to my career, but to my lifetime. Um, with Typically, when the economy is expanding at a rapid rate, interest rates are going up a lot. Well, we, and, and it's usually because of fear, right? And I mean, because of the lack of fear. Well, right, we have, what we have right now is a very, very low interest rate environment, and not just in short-term rates, but in, in you know, five-year and 10-year money, or the, the yield curve is, is quite flat. And so... Uh, uh, but confidence is actually very high. We have essentially almost as close as you ever get to a guarantee of an economic expansion for a year or two, certainly. Um, and so as a result, uh, uh, there's also been all these tax incentives that were passed as part of various actions Congress took that make it very beneficial for expenditures, particularly equipment-related expenditures, this year. So I don't believe in my lifetime, in my lifetime, there will never be a more advantageous period of time for, and particularly for businesses, to invest in retooling their shops, whether that is real estate or whether that is equipment, and particularly equipment, because of a combination of the tax benefits and the rate environment. Um, uh, and so after the financial recession, a few years ago, people didn't spend any money. And then we had a, two or three years of good times, and now we're back into an uncertain time. And the, the rolling together of all those factors means that there's plenty to, to, uh, to invest in that's a good time to do it. And, and we're seeing it. The, the, the highest volume new business we have behind consumer, which is interesting, that's new this quarter, in the uh, second quarter, I mean, um, has been in equipment finance. And I hope our listeners aren't missing that window because on January 1st, the rules change. So uh, uh, consult your CPA to hear more about it. Um, and if you need any help, I, I got a lot of people that can help you. So, John, I mentioned a minute ago, I, I wasn't kidding. My work with with, uh, with Janet Baker and that team over a number of years helped sort of lay the groundwork for what is essentially my estate planning and enabled me to be able to retire. But I note in the call, too, that and a really important growth part of your business is estate planning. How important is that? It, it, it's it's very important. And, uh, you know, all of us think we're going to live forever and, and none of us are. And so uh, and everyone has an estate and some are bigger and more complex and some are not. And so but but everyone needs a plan. And so uh, one of the areas that we've invested in over time as the company got bigger, we could afford to invest in it is a robust financial planning, estate planning uh, division. We have some terrific people we've hired from large, some, a lot of people from very large organizations that have joined us uh, and some that are homegrown talent uh, like like your banker. And so uh, as a result, the combination of all those skills are very helpful. I went through it, you know, but the, the bank is, is my advisor. Um, and I can tell you the way I look at planning for retirement and planning 
for for the end of my life and and you know the benefit of my my, my, my wife and my children. Um, the complexion of how I do that is wildly different than it was before I sat down with those folks and did it. And that sounds like a commercial from my bank, but I, whether whether you bank with with Hancock Whitney or not, um, as as your neighbor, I would extort you to please go take the time to go through that exercise. Because let me tell you, if you don't do it, the one thing I can guarantee you is you're going to your your heirs are going to pay a lot more in taxes. And, and potentially have a lot of financial distress as they deal with that transition if you don't do the plan. Yeah, you know, what I, what I learned about it is there's no way that I, and even in the time that I have now to study it, there's no way that I can capture all of what I need to know to make the right decision. It's very complex, whether you're thinking about the laws related to it, the tax situation related to it. And it, uh, it there were a lot of gyrations that you guys helped us sort of work our way through so that we could, in fact, um, release as much burden as possible on our kids in the future when when we pass on when I'm 120 and Ann's, you know, 110. There you go. Um, that's the plan, but it's very important. Hey, let's shift gears. Um, sure. So if you if you come to bring it to coastal Mississippi, what do you see in the coast economy and what do you what do you look forward to as we go forward? Okay. Well, the the, the Mississippi coast, um, South Alabama and the Florida panhandle had a very unique experience, and particularly the Mississippi coast, very unique experience during the pandemic. Um, the effects of the pandemic economically were actually felt less here than any other place because we became the destination as a flight to safety. And, and kudos to, to our hospitality industries and to our, our tourism organization leadership to, to kind of roll with those punches and make sure that we sort of sold the benefits of spending time on the coast during that difficult time. So people came to visit us that, that have never visited us before. It was, it was new. And so uh, uh, and the experience they got was, was really wonderful. I think they're gonna keep coming and come back. So the damage wasn't as bad here as it was elsewhere. So if you take all the congressionally delivered benefits, which our community was able to take full advantage of, combined with the damage not being as bad and the opportunity for future business being better, it's a little magical. And if we'll take advantage of it and don't do anything goofy, then we have an opportunity to really get some benefit. So this is a time not to pull your horns in. It's a time to shift into the next gear in terms of spreading out hospitality ventures further, of creating and use some of the proceeds of that to enhance the quality of life for our citizens. You know, we have a we have a terrific industrial infrastructure um, uh, on the coast. We have companies that build things that everybody in the world knows and uses. And uh, but but a lot of our folks don't live here, and the reason is because there's quality of life gaps here that can be filled. They're not fast. They're not ribbon cutting, and in a year it's over. It takes investments that are bold and courageous. And we, we just decide, you know, by gosh, we're going to make them successful. And you keep pouring effort and money and passion into them. And then you wake up 10 or 15 years from now and you have something wonderful. And so uh, I hope that we don't squander the opportunity. We've blown the assignment a few times in the past. And I really hope as a community of leadership, of elected officials, both here and in Jackson, that we take advantage of the moment that we have. It's here and it's going to pass.
Yeah, for the for for the, for the first time, probably in a long, maybe in our history, we've led the way. N not only within Mississippi and the nation, but maybe internationally. You, you're a former member of the Gaming Commission. The way that our casinos came together and 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 developed an approach to how we could reopen literally became a worldwide best practice for the casino industry. I mean, when you add it all together, our focus on 80% of the people who came here came here in cars, and we wanted to make sure they knew this was going to be a, a safe vacation for them. You add those things to the fact that we've got things like the BP money that's sitting out there for the restoration fund to help make private investments and in things like mixed-use developments and whatever. Man, if we can if we can get these stars to align, John, like you point out, we could certainly blow it. But if we could get these stars aligned from Jackson all the way to the coast, we could do some things here that are that are literally transformative, couldn't we? Yeah, we just we we just have to. And I know it's hard. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's so much easier for you and I to say it versus actually do it. I know it's tough, but uh, I think we have to be very open-minded and consider angles on things that may not even be popular. They may not, they may not be risk-free. Um, we have to be able to digest the 20% the of the time we're wrong, uh, but, but, but give it a whirl for the benefit of the 80% that we're right. And so uh, I think those, those opportunities are there. And so, uh, and what I'll do, and I, I, I shared with you earlier, Ricky, you know, if, we, if we look around the country, there are pockets that look a lot like us. They have similar economies, similar degrees of diversity, sort of a mixed population that didn't all grow up in this one spot that came in from other places and, and stayed. So we have some things that are kind of unique about us, but not completely unique. So there's other areas that have these huge successes. And, and if, we, if, we, if, we'll, if we'll adopt them, you know, which is a friendly way of saying steal those ideas and deploy some of those best wins from around the country here, um, I think we'd have great success. But here's the key. None of them make a difference next year. I mean, you're investing for 10 or 15 years out, but if you don't do it, we just kind of continue to meander around the same level that we are. So when I look around at the, at the coast, and I'm biased because I grew up here. I mean, I get it. But I mean, we have a pretty broad footprint, and I travel around the country almost continuously. But there are very few areas that have all the gifts gifts, G-I-F-T-S, gifts that we have here on the coast that you can't buy. We just have them. It's a terrific I, opportunity. I can't agree more. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of close out this part of the conversation and then and, uh, you know, see what else might be on John's mind to kind of finish out the session. So when we come back, we'll complete our conversation in the final segment with John Harrison, the CEO of, Her of Hancock Whitney. See you after this break. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Today's one of those days throwing that throwing that stone into the water and hoping that it ripples. There's so much to learn from people like John Harrison, CEO of Hancock Whitney. Hey, John, before we lead that conversation, 
about the coast and how unique we are. I often say about this place is that we're this collection of communities. You know, each has its own unique sense of place. And if you go like the Pascagoula, for example, which I did recently with Paige uh, Roberts, the the, uh, CEO of the Jackson County Chamber, and walk around downtown Pascagoula and just see the number of, they're small, but but there's a collection of them, mixed-use developments where there's, uh, you know, office or restaurants down below, and then there's there's residential above. We're just seeing this. You see projects that are planned for for Gulfport, projects that are planned for 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 Biloxi. You look at you look at some things that are happening in Pastor Shannon, especially Bay St. Louis. But one of the key factors to succeed in this new economy is you got to build the kind of places where people want to live. Okay, we've got so many of those things in place, but if we can if we can bring our downtowns back and create more mixed use and things like that. Um, we've got a chance to attract these jobs that are part of the new economy. Some of them are technical jobs. Some of those are they fit a wide variety of of, of needs. But uh, but it describes the kind of people who can just about go anywhere, and they usually pick where they want to live. You see that, don't you? We do, and as we look across our footprint, the emergence of uh, of, uh, of live where you work. Um, is is certainly uh, uh, on the move now. The more urban the environment, the more the pandemic hurt that. But in 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 here in South Mississippi, uh, there's really not a lot of urban about us, right? We our whole region feels suburban, and the suburb and the suburbs were the winners in the pandemic in terms of migration of where people wanted to wanted to live. And so, uh, I think uh, milking that as an opportunity for growth is very important. And so. Whether it's misuse development, whether it is very, very early education, and by early education, I'm not talking about five or six years old. I'm talking about five or six months old. Um, and we've seen we, we, Pensacola is one of the greatest stories of investing in education of, of uh, new moms and teaching new moms how to how to speed up the development of their baby's brain because it's still developing when they're born. Um, uh, has been an incredible. That'd be a great show sometime to do, Rick. You'd actually hear the story of the of the private sector guy that decided, since the government wouldn't fund the experiment, he'd pay for it personally, and seeing the results that are underway. And those kids are now beginning to be in middle school, and, and seeing that that program applied to people of different income levels, different races, uh, different family structures, and seeing the consistent success of those kids academically because it started when they were babies. Um, it, it gives you hope. And if we could, if, if we took all the money we have sitting around in different pots could be spent and did nothing but created more, more talent among our emerging citizens, I'd rather do that than cut ribbons any day because it's tangible benefit that's proven. And so there's all kinds of different ways to spend money for the good. There is so many different ways. Hey, look, I spent a lot of time on this show because of the amount of misinformation that's out there around the vaccine, trying to just sort through that, make sure people got the best information from the professionals so they can make the best informed choice about the vaccine and not doing so with misinformation. But you guys are involved in a lot of efforts just to try to get the vaccine rate up. What? Tell me about that. Well, we've, we've uh, you know, internally, um, you know, our, our greatest challenge has been has been overcoming sort of two two. I'll call them families of concern. One is just concern about the safety of the vaccine. Um, I've heard, uh, I mean, this is these, this is uh, an educated workforce, right? Um, 
of uh, uh, we've heard the vaccine impedes uh, my health. It hurts my heart. It hurts my lungs. Um, it uh, it may create more exposure to other flus down the road. It could affect fertility. It could affect my 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 unborn child. There's all sorts of different information out there that doesn't necessarily have a, a, a real medical basis for it. And so we will be introducing panels of subject matter experts from hospitals in our region, you know, including here, uh, uh, that will be participating in these Zoom recorded panel discussions that we can share with all of our teams. Uh, and we're getting the questions from them. What's the question you want to ask? And we're going to get an answer from somebody that, that's a neighbor, that's in our markets, that is dealing with this every day and can share an answer and hopefully address that group. There's another group that uh, uh, that, that is more, uh, 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 it's, it's kind of resistant to being told what to do and fe fe feels that the push to vac vaccinate is somewhat of an infringement on their freedom. And, uh, uh, and, and helping people that feel it, when I get why they feel that way, um, and, and it is your choice, but ultimately, uh, you also have the freedom to protect yourself and those you love. And if well-informed, I think we'd see a larger group of people that feel that way willing to consider it, not because it's preachy uh, or because they're getting strong-armed into it, but because because the facts support that it may make your life better. And yeah, shame, yeah, shaming or strong-arming arm, doesn't work. What we know works is just fighting fire with facts yes. and letting people have the best information possible so they can make the best. Hey, the good news is if you start looking at some of the vac vaccination rates over, say, the last week, just look at the last week across Mississippi, we're doing way better, way better. I think I think the uh, the reality of Delta, the Delta variant, people are becoming more aware of what we're dealing with there and they're, they're coming to their senses and doing their homework and moving in the right direction. But John, thank you. Well, you have a final word? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so the other thing that we're going to do, which, which I haven't seen anybody else do it, but it's such a dreary topic, right? I mean, it's hard to find something positive about COVID and vaccinations and all that. So we're going to try to inject some fun into it. I think our folks, they deserve some fun. So so we're going to begin paying effective now. We're announcing this here in a couple of hours. And I think yeah. the show is recorded one day after or recorded yeah. day before. So this will be yeah. one day old news. Uh, but we are going to begin uh, compensating all of our folks who have been vaccinated to date and going forward. 150 bucks towards getting to an, a 75 or 80 percent vaccination rate inside and to make it fun every two weeks once you provided proof of your vaccination card we're going to draw names and we're going to give people 10 grand oh, wow uh, i mean real money that makes that's a difference significant in the family and it's not about the money it's about it's fun i mean yeah. so we're gonna do that every two weeks to the end of september and we get to the end we're gonna have another drawing that's gonna be a hundred thousand dollars so wow, uh, and, and if we can save one life just one life uh, by spending a little money to generate that internal interest, uh, whether it's someone, one of our people, their families, or somebody that just comes across one of our folks who might have caught COVID. If we can do that, it's worth it to me for the benefit of our team, um, our investors, and our communities. And so um, I hadn't heard of anybody doing that yet, but as we racked our minds, we said, let's do something that's fun. Yeah. Um, and do something that, that does the Lord's work, so to speak. And it also creates value because if all my team is here and they're healthy, we're going to create value, both in yeah. the communities and for our investors. And so we're doing that and announcing it here in a couple hours. 
Congratulations and uh, leading by example. This is uh, John Hairston, CEO of Hancock Whitney. Thanks, my friend. It's been great to catch up with you. Hey, thanks for all you do. Uh, take care. You and Kyle both. We really enjoy the work that you put out. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You bet. You too. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.